And it doesn't mean hiding your head in the sand and painting this rosy picture over this terrible situation. It just means keeping things in the perspective that will allow you to continue to move forward. And now for something completely different. Welcome to Surrounded by Idiot Radio Podcast. From the javabud.com studios in Scottsdale, Arizona, southwestern United States of America, this is the Surrounded by Idiots radio podcast. I am Tony Dufresne, PhD, philosophical counselor. Great to be back with you this week. I wanted to share a story about two of my favorite guys uh, from back when that I had studied a great deal through my particular psychology and philosophy background and how both of their journeys led to the same place in terms of the absolute importance of framing your own meaning of your own life. The first story starts below the deck of a large Roman slave ship. There was a young boy down there who was in grave pain because two nights before, a crate had come loose in a storm and slid across the floor and crushed his leg. He had been in and out of consciousness since then over the two days. No one treated the break because when the soldiers came down and dragged the crate off of him to make sure that nothing was damaged in that, they refused to help him and they would not respond to his constant begging for help. Well, after a little while, he knew that they didn't even expect him to survive the trip, but he decided right then and there to prove them wrong. Now, all he needed to do was to control the pain But try as he might, there was no stopping it. It was, can you imagine getting your leg crushed and not having anything? You know, morphine, a shot of Jack, nothing. So he tried to blank it out, but it was oppressive. So there had to be some way of dealing with it. So he tried to remember what the Stoic philosophers of his time taught in terms of some sort of a Jedi mind trick. And their whole process of thinking was about the power within. And even though the pain was all-encompassing, he realized that he could control his way of thinking about the pain. He still had the power to reason and reflect and decide how to act. And even if his body betrayed him at each turn, he made a commitment to himself to think about things other than his broken leg, like a beautiful sunset or the smell of a fresh-baked pie. He also thought about how he would feel in years to come when he had endured the trip and recovered and won his freedom. So he projected himself into the future and seeing what he had to live for. So he coached himself to control the pain. Don't let it control you. It's still going to be there, but he didn't let it control where his mind was going. Now that young boy, he grew up to be the stoic philosopher Epictetus. He was born into slavery and was crippled for life when his leg was broken, when he was being transported to Rome for an auction. And that experience of surviving the trip prepared Epictetus for the Stoic lifestyle that he would adopt later on. The slavery taught him how to cope with social and political disenfranchisement, which is basically being raised in welfare and seeing life from that perspective and then getting himself out of that nonsense and getting to the point where he could have the perspective of seeing life from many different angles. And he understood being a slave at that time, or being a low-class citizen at that time, was you don't have the same rights. You don't have the same opportunities. 
as they did if they were in the upper part of the caste system or if they were just Romans kicking it at the Colosseum. And the experience of lying below deck and struggling with the intolerable pain taught him how to cultivate that power within. It gave him a real-life example of how to deal with the exact theory of Stoic philosophy. Now, the Stoics argued that the power of rational judgment is the only true power we possess in life. Rational judgment is the power of our prefrontal cortex, the power of our own brains, our own internal power to frame our reality how we want. That's the only true power that we have. All other powers that we possess, such as powers that we derive from our relationships and our communities, our money and our possessions, our jobs, our roles in society, all those are temporary. Stoic philosophy is huge for me. That's really where I base most of my teachings that I pass on to you. And it really comes down to power, that power of reasoning, that power of reframing, the understanding that you have the ability to see reality for what it is. And it doesn't mean hiding your head in the sand and painting this rosy picture over this terrible situation. It just means keeping things in the perspective that will allow you to continue to move forward and not allow life to beat you the hell down to where you can't get up. It's like you're here and there's going to be bad shit that happens and there's going to be good stuff that happens. So roll with it. And in the meantime, you know, pick a lane and figure out something cool to do that's going to fulfill you and it's going to help everybody else. End of story. That's why I love Stoic philosophy. It's awesome. If you like uh, Marcus Aurelius or if you like Seneca, those are two of the most popular Stoic philosophers. You can read up on those guys. What this story did for me was it reminds me of Viktor Frankl's story. He is the creator of Logotherapy. He was a psychoanalyst back in Austria, back during the World War II days. His book is Man's Search for Meaning. The first part of the book is about his story, about being in a Nazi concentration camp, Auschwitz, as a matter of fact, and surviving it and understanding, really, really understanding what it takes to get through something as horrifying as Auschwitz. And he took that and he created Logotherapy. But what both of these stories are about, are they're, they're about control. They're about how much control we have of our own life and the things that happen around us. Now, the problem is, for some reason, we've been programmed to think that we have control over the way our world works. And that thought is actually more of a wish because the feeling of being in com complete control makes us feel safer. So if you think that you can do all of these things, and I know somebody who encapsulizes this perfectly, and she thinks that if she can think of every possible option that might happen during something that's going to happen in the future, then she can brace herself for any surprises that may come about. Now, the problem with that is if you sit there and try to think of every possible thing that can happen, you're going to drive yourself nuts. You're going to be like a chihuahua with a bucket of cold water thrown on you. You're going to be a nervous wreck. And she is most of the time. She's an absolute nervous wreck. Because you cannot control stuff that happens. All you can control is how you process them, is what meaning you can derive from them, and what actions you're going to take once you get to that point. Because that's not how life works, is it? And that's why two very prominent philosophies come up with the same conclusion. You have ultimate control over your thoughts. You are the one that gives meaning to the actions and things in your life. 
The second part is surrender to the stuff you cannot control and focus on that energy, on what you can control and how that will define your life. That is in a nutshell in terms of coping with life's stuff that that comes at you. That's why I love Stoic philosophy. That's why I love logotherapy. That's why I've, out of these tragic stories, they have been such a gift to me, making my life so fulfilling. Of course, there's ups and downs and some there's some crappy stuff and there's some good stuff, but that's not the point, is it? I don't set the value of my life based upon one particular situation. I look at it from right here, what I can control. What I can control is how I frame things and then try to stay in awareness as much as I possibly can and value every single day for what it is. A day that you've been gifted and that will never come around again, ever. Today will never happen again. And it's one less day that you will be here to grace us with your presence. So what are you going to do today? That's all. That's your call. That's your call to action for this week. Hope things are good. Javabud.com, J-A-V-A-B-U-D for everything. And you can go to the, I have uh, the flash briefings on Alexa. I will talk to you soon. I'm too tired to pretend I don't want to be alone. I'm calling all the